Hi everyone and welcome back to the Short Film Pod. Today we are speaking to Megan Riakos, who is a dynamic filmmaker bringing a distinctive female lens to the world of genre filmmaking. As the writer-director-producer of the thriller Crushed, she was behind the film's innovative Australian release, becoming one of the most successful cinema on-demand screening runs in the country and with acquisitions by Qantas and Channel 10. She's also the creator and producer of Australia's first female horror anthology called Dark Whispers, Volume 1, which premiered locally at CineFest Australia and internationally at CineQuest. And it's now available on iTunes, Google Play and for Australian viewers on SBS On Demand. This is a really interesting project as Megan essentially curated 10 already existing short films made by women across Australia and then created a wraparound narrative to tie them all together to make a feature anthology. I have also been lucky enough to work on this project with Megan as one of the producers. She complements her filmmaking with her role as co-founder and board member of the not-for-profit organisation Women in Film and Television, WIFT Australia, and merges these two fields of creativity and advocacy via her company Hemlock and Cedar Films, which focuses on amplifying female voices. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this chat with Megan. It was so fantastic to watch this selection of films. And I noticed that some of them do even reach back um, a couple of decades. And so you've really, you've really gone through and watched a, a whole range of horror films. Can you tell us about the conception of this and the process? Yeah, so I um, made my first feature back in 2015, well, released it in 2015. And um, at that time, it was an independent film, so it was outside the system. So, you know, the actual production of it, um, you know, was female-led. So it was our kind of safe space, I guess, you know, we were able to be able to, you know, put our creative vision out there, work the way we wanted to. And so I didn't really realise how incredibly sexist the industry was until it came time to um, release the film. So marketing, distribution, that kind of stuff. And, you know, really it was a big eye-opener around um, the perceptions of women, what women, what stories women want to see, what stories women are allowed to put on the screen. Um, but, you know, even just like going to markets and being sexually harassed by people who you're planning on trying to sell your movie to. It's, you know, there's a lot of challenges that kind mm. of go in there um, when you're presenting a, a female story. So anyway, I um, got heavily into advocacy and, um, you know, wanted to um, kind of pass on what I had learned to other female filmmakers who were kind of making their films. Um, and at the same time, I um, my one of my short films, called The Shed, um, screened at Stranger With My Face International Film Festival, which is a festival that specialises in dark genre. And I met all these amazing women making horror films and suspense and thrillers and sci-fis. And um, I realised they weren't getting the opportunities that they deserved and their films weren't really getting the release that it deserved. And so those two things kind of, you know, um, my love of kind of dark genre and, you know, um, kind of being infiltrated into that community um, and advocacy, you know, was percolating in my head and and I was looking at um you know it had been a couple of years since I released Crush and I was looking for a project 
that was going to be economical kind of spoke to my values and the creative vision that I, you know, wanted stuff that I wanted to make and made sense, I guess, also for my brand. Cause you know, you've got to do what's right for you creatively, but also strategically. And I, um, Enzo Tedeschi, who's, um, you know, big in the indie genre world here in Australia had made a similar anthology a few years previously called a night of horror volume one. And I saw that and I thought, ah, you know what? I reckon I could do one specifically for women in horror in Australia. And I know that it, it could be done fairly cheaply because it's a curation predominantly so I you know did a call out to industry to, for pre-existing short horror films by women and then really the cost was going to be creating the wraparound and then it's a post-production job essentially um, so uh, Enzo ended up coming on board as a consultant and then down the track he he came on board in a bigger capacity as EP and did all our post um, but then Leo as well so Leone was kind of re-emerging after having her third child and looking for a project to work on and we had worked really closely through WIFT so advocacy so women in film and TV and also in her role at Screen Vixens and I used to run Film Fatales. So we had spoken a lot and working together a lot around these same issues but not in a creative capacity and Leo you know we had chatted at some point and Leo was like hey you know what what's what, what are you up to and um I don't know Leo do you want to take it from there? I just remember hearing you talk about it and being so intrigued about the concept and I was coming out of another pause yet another child birthing pause and yeah I knew that we worked really well together and I really loved the female driven genre premise. So I remember saying to you, do you want some help? And you were like, yeah, yeah, I do. But you'd done all the hard stuff. You'd actually, you'd talk us through the curation because that to me is such an interesting part. And I think our audience would love that too. If you've got a short film and you think it's kind of had its festival run and it sat on the shelf, that's that. That is not actually true because these sorts of opportunities can come along. So tell us about that call out. Yeah, so we ended up, what we did was we put a call out to through the industry kind of press. So Inside um, Film Magazine did a big call out for us in July 2018. Um, and really we didn't have any, like what we, were, what we basically said was, do you have a short horror film? Is it under 15 minutes? Is it made by an Australian woman? We want to hear about it. It wasn't like we want this, it needs to have this theme or it needs to have this element in it. You know, it wasn't kind of like the trop fest where you had to have a key item because we wanted to just be opener. I mean, I had no idea what we were going to receive. Um, and we ended up getting over 50 short horror films and um, Bryony Kidd, who's the festival director of Stranger With My Face, the festival I was talking about earlier, she came on board as um, to kind of curate with me and, you know, she's got a lot of connections in the industry and knows, you know, a lot about what's happening with different women and, and their films so was able to point me in the right direction a few times and that helped with the reach out but it was fascinating kind of um watching those films and seeing the the way that women interpret horror because you know horror has is often defined by the male gaze and by the you know body of mainstream horror which is predominantly made by men so to see what women see as horror was, was great mm, and I think that what I was thinking about all those films you watched and then you've got to try and bring it all together and then create some kind of wraparound. That was the thing that I thought, what an amazing challenge that you not only took on but I think smashed. You did so well. How 
How did you do that? It was really tricky because, yeah, because we didn't have that theme at the outset. It was trying to just tap into what's the essence of what all of these films are talking to. Um, And the original title um, that we had come up with was Dark Lessons, actually. So it wasn't Dark Whispers, but Dark Lessons. And I still think that that is the heart of it's this idea that, um, you know, that we just generally all genders, you know, we get taught about what to expect in life and the things that you have to worry about and you know the way you should navigate but particularly women you know it's like that whisper network you know the warnings that you're given in order to make yourself safe or you know the pieces of advice you're given in order to navigate certain challenges and so it it's particularly I think that was the thing that kind of resonated I mean there's a couple that don't fit as neatly in there particularly the comedies we wanted to have some lightness in there um but even so you know the little share house of horrors you know there are pitfalls in eating organic food you know (laughs) so for those of you when you watch the film (laughs) oh that was amazing Um, (laughs) that schlock horror I loved it I loved it the point at which I came on, we were you were just sort of locking the final order of the film. So that was really interesting for me to come in sort of neutrally. And um, we played around with the order and did we have the right number? And, and then we did work the wraparound script quite a bit because um, once we'd locked that. So yeah, as, as you say, Jack, it was Megan has outdone herself because what a feat to wrap 10 entirely separate pieces of work together um it's lovely that you think that she's done a good job because I certainly do although I'm quite biased (laughs) it's no mean feat so guys tell me about a little bit about the shoot was that uh, did that go relatively well or was there any sort of short film hiccups like there usually is well if you count your producer not being on set a hiccup then uh yes Look, I think the thing is, is that it's about doing things differently. You know, um, we're we're traditionally making your films really hard and there's a certain way that people have made films because of, I don't know, sometimes it's like, well, this is the way you're taught to make a short film and it has to be this way and this person has to be here and these are the hours you have to do. And um, I guess part of the stuff that we do in advocacy and particularly around Raising Films Australia, which is an initiative um, that Leo and I um, were involved with, was around supporting parents and carers in the screen industry. It's looking at different ways of working and that enables people with different life you know, circumstances to be able to participate. And for me and Leone um, working together and, look, we all work remotely now as well. You can do so much stuff um, collaborating. You don't actually have to be in the same room. So, you know, Leone's down the south coast now, um, so it's not practical for us to meet up. But I think, um, yeah, I think it's looking at different production methodologies and, and actually at the end of the day I think, if we create a more flexible work environment, it makes it more inclusive for, you know, those people who do have different life circumstances, but also it makes it better for all of us. You know, it's really, I mean, the screen industry has the highest, some of the highest rates of mental health issues because of the long work hours, the, you know, unstable financial patterns, all of those things. It's like, how can we actually have a healthier work environment and better work-life balance? And I've got to say, from the flip side of that, those expectations, you know, I felt awful that I wasn't there for that shoot. But you were so supportive and and embracing of, that's okay, 
I, I get it. Like you've got a tiny baby. You live three hours away from the shoot location. I totally understand. And it's just been such a breath of fresh air. And this is, as you say, this is what we need to work towards, this flexible working. Because if if I'd said, do you want some help? And you were like, yeah, but I need A, B, C, D in the traditional filmmaking sense. I would have just been like, I can't commit to that. And then I mm. wouldn't have been able, now I don't know what my contribution has been overall, but it's just another voice. It's another exp- experience and knowledge base there. And um, it's it's been really lovely to actually live out what we are trying to do in these adv- these women-led advocacy groups. And the shoot, you know, short film shoot, it's always got its challenges. I wouldn't say <laughs> that you were the most calm and relaxed afterwards, but we got it done and yeah. we had a great crew. And well, it's absolutely. Flipping, that, flipping the expectations so that things I- things can still be achieved. I think so too. And look, you know, it was a, it, the shoot itself was pretty challenging because we had, you know, a very low budget. We only had one day with um, Andrew Dimitriades, the actress, who's amazing. She did such an amazing job having to kind of pull all of those emotional states off in what was a, a you know, I think we ended up shooting for 11 hours. Um, you know, so getting all of that in the cam was a real challenge. And, I, and part of that was performance-wise mapping out every single, so basically in between each short film, she's in a escalating emotional state and so we had to be careful not to be repetitious um that the stakes felt like they were continuing to rise and that was about planning that out really carefully um both in regards to the intentions um that I was going to use in direction communicating that with Andrea but also the shots and the um pacing um and all of the production design elements as well in cinematography so you know the 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 color shifts throughout each of those segments from you know daylight cooler lights to the warmer tones as we progress um, and, you know, the editing gets pacier and faster and the sound design starts ramping up and the music starts getting more intense. So, yeah. But the other thing as well is that, you know, just going back to these flexible work practices and working with Leonie, I mean, it's amazing to have someone like Leonie on board who, you know, she's no nonsense. It's like get stuff done. Um, she can, you know, when when you're if a lot of us creatives have have to also produce, but it's very as whenever you can avoid that or bring on someone like Leone, who is that really trusted person who you know has has a stake in the game. A, B, um, they they have a a bigger sense of objectivity. So you know Leone, you know you look at the benefits of Leone not being there on set that she can she doesn't she's not attached to anything. Like we know how long it took to get that shot, and so you're kind of a little bit more reluctant to cut that thing away because you know how hard it was to get. And Leone, you know. It's the same, you know, when you go in the room with the editor, like Leonie can mm. can come in and, and be very, look at that bigger picture and say, okay, is this actually going to work? And, you know, um, Leonie also was very good at, um, there was actually 11 short films originally in the edit, if you remember, Leonie. Oh. <laughs> I do remember. <laughs> I do tell. You know what I bring it up? It was my <laughs> short film actually, because, uh, you know, the whole, the, the reason why I did make it was because I had made this short film that didn't get out there. And I thought, oh, I really would like to give this a second life. And, you know, we actually shot a, a, sec- a sequence that would have included it. Our rough cut included this short. And I was thinking, okay, the film's too long now. We really want to keep it under hundred minutes. And this had pushed it out to 112. And just thematically, it didn't quite fit in as nicely with all of the other films. And I had directed a segment and Leonie, tell me Leonie, how you kind of you know, I mean, it's so tricky just, to have these just, conversations. Can I just clarify? So this is a short a horror short film you'd made previously. This isn't the wraparound yeah. that you're speaking about. No. Okay. 
Right. Wow, guys. Yeah, I want to hear about the drama. (laughs) Well, there was no drama. There was no drama. And I did, I really sat long and hard thinking about, oh, how am I going to give this feedback? Because, yeah, we needed to cut make it shorter. And I was also very mindful of the fact that you were going to do direct the wraparound. So I didn't feel that you were cheating yourself of any opportunity. I didn't want you to feel like, well, hang on a minute, I'm creating this and now I'm not going to get the opportunity I'm creating for everyone else. I did not want you to feel like that at all. But I, I do think it, I think it's a stronger cut because of it. And well, one of the main things for me for The Shed was because it's a, it was a male protagonist. So for me, I, I, I felt the thread line of pretty much all the others. Of course, there are men in the other casts, but for me, that was a, a quite a defining factor to justify perhaps it's not in the right, it, it's not sitting well here. And I was scared to say that to you. I didn't want to offend you and you'd been working on it for, you know, a long time. <laughs> But again, to Megan's credit, you know, she she's so open to feedback. She's so open to, you know, pushing forward to get the very best product out there. And, uh, and you know, you, you were a trooper. You said, yeah, okay, let's try it without. And, and I think we all agreed, yeah, that works Well, better. and I think, I think that's what a, a proper collaboration is. I mean, like, if you are not interested in collaborating and not being open to other people's feedback, you're probably in the wrong art form. Well, that's yes. a bit true. <laughs> We're just thinking about things there. Never a truer <laughs> word said about filmmaking. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just to kind of go on to that as well, like I think the thing as well is, is, and this is why I think it's really important as a creator to have these trusted people who also, who have, who have, like you need to be able to give people that space to give the hard feedback because I was thinking it in my head, Leo, before you had said it. But, oh, yeah. you know, but but I'm thinking, oh, you know, and so I think what's really great about our collaboration is being a bouncing board for each other and being able to talk things through without like there's an equal like I think, I mean, I hope, I hope that, you know, we both come to it feeling like that we'll be heard. I think that's the main thing. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was why it was such an easy yes for me to to attach in the first place because we had worked, um, we'd worked together before. And as a producer, you know, you you really, it's a very, very supportive role. It, it's a, a primary role, but it's very supportive trying to uh, achieve the vision of the director and then all these other creatives who come in. And so attaching to things, you want to know that you're aligned and um, you both want the same things and think the same way. Of course, you want the change of opinion, the the freedom and the variety of opinion as well. But knowing that we'd worked well together in the past, that was massive for me to be like, yeah, Mm. okay, we can can march forward because it was a very quick, remember? We shot yes. in the June and it was such a tight turnaround. Yeah. And done by done by early July and first festival by end of August. And yeah, I think I've the... deleted all that from my mind. <laughs> <laughs> it was very, very quick, which I have to say is how Leone likes to work. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> but um, once you hit the festival circuit, what was the journey for the film like and obviously then taking it to market and now it's on mm. SBS On Demand? Yeah, so Leone, um, while we were shooting, actually, bec- I mean, the the good the reason why we were able to get it out so quickly was because we had a a cut of the film without the wraparound, so we had all the shorts together, and we could then pitch um, festivals and say, "Hey, this is the wraparound. This is what the wraparound is going to be, and this is who is in it, and these are the shorts." So, you know, eighty five percent of the film was there. Um, so I think Leone, you submitted to um, Cinefest. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's in a fast dog. Actually, and this is, this is actually a really, really good note for our audience and for our young filmmaking audience that it's called a work in progress and you can submit a whip to mm. a film festival. And this is a really good example of how that can be successful. So please continue. Mm. That was our world premiere, wasn't it, in beautiful yeah. Western Australia? Yeah. And that got t- tucked in just before COVID because COVID really did um, impact our entire distribution plan. Yeah. Tell the story about you in America. Yeah. Basically evacuating. <laughs> so we had our North American premiere at, um, this is why I always pause when I say Cinefest because the the North American premiere was Cinequest, which is yeah, in um, Silicon Valley. Yeah. So that's why I'm always pausing to get the right. um pronunciation but yeah so we're so we're in Cinequest um it was this time last year actually like almost exactly and um over there you know there was inklings of stuff obviously happening around the world but none of us knew what was to come and so we had our world um, sorry North American premiere um which was really great and you know filmmakers from all over and audiences and and all that jazz and um, slowly things started trickling out and and then midway through the festival we all got an email basically saying, so the mayor of Silicon Valley or you know, whatever, you know, San Jose, um, has declared that we have to shut the festival down on Monday and this was a Saturday morning. So we were all like, holy cow, what does that mean? And, um, you know, we'd all been hanging out like very in close proximity so it's a little bit like, okay, well, if, if this is a if the super spreading has happened, it's probably already happened. So we can still go and hang out together. Um, and, you know, the last film that we watched at the festival before it got, you know, before the Sunday night, before the Monday morning where everything was cancelled, was actually a film about um, a pandemic in L.A. It was crazy. <laughs> and so wow. we were sitting in this cinema watching, you know, temperature checks and people not being able to fly and that hadn't happened yet. And we were, all of us were like looking around kind of, slowly moving away from each other um but yeah so uh, I then you know everything was shutting down around me and I was planning on going to LA anyway I had hired a car so I drove down to LA and I had a bunch of meetings booked and you know I was doing a writing thing at Charlie's and you know every you know all of a sudden all the meetings started getting cancelled things started get again shutting down and I was like I need to get the hell out of here so very quickly you know jumped on was able to change my flights and got back into Sydney eight hours before the the mandatory quarantine. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so look, it was, we had gotten um, a few festivals in, which was really great. So we did the Cinefest um, Oz in Margaret River and then we did have Monster Fest, which is a big genre fest in Australia, in both Sydney and Melbourne. And so that was really cool. Um, but there was a number of festivals lined up straight after that um, Cinequest one and they all obviously had to be cancelled. Um, we were planning on doing um a, a screening tour across the country with the Q&A, which is what I had done with my first film. So I was very familiar with kind of, you know, event-based screenings and those all got, had to be cancelled. And obviously the income from all those screenings um, was lost. But the good thing was I was, my company was eligible for JobKeeper. So a lot of the expenses that were still outgoing for the film was able to be covered by JobKeeper. And, you know, in the meantime, you know, our UK sales agent um, and a UK international sales agent and distribute UK distributor, um, uh, you know, was negotiating the deal with them, and we had Bonsai Films in Australia kind of negotiating our SBS deal, and that, that that stuff takes a long time. And without getting into too much boring detail, we had some disappointing um, changes to the regulations for Australian content on broadcasters that affected what we would eventually end up on. 
but I think SBS is a really great place. So um, I think it was a good outcome. And although we were curtailed by COVID, I feel like it was more of a pause than like a dropping in a black hole. <laughs> mm. We need to explain after our chat now, we are going to broadcast a beautiful live event that you just did two days ago in Sydney, which was, I think, a lot of people's first face-to-face industry event in quite some time. Talk us through that special event, which was to celebrate International Women's Day. Yeah, so um, City of Sydney, so um, my local council for my business is City of Sydney, and they had um, uh, some COVID grants for cultural organisations impacted by COVID um, to kind of put on events and, you know, do things a bit differently. And so I put in an application and was approved to put on an International Women's Day um, event. And that, again, is aligned with a lot of the advocacy orgs that we both work with. So, you know, Screen Vixens was a partner with um, the New South Wales chapter of Rift Australia and Film for Tiles, as well as Strange With My Face um, and Actors Centre Australia. So it was um, at Actors Centre Australia, you know, um, good old Gladys Berejiklian, and our premiere had changed the um, uh, capacity of theatres in a week and a half before, so we could actually have a full capacity of seating, oh, wow. which is amazing. Yeah, because we, you know, haven't had a, a you know local transmitted COVID case in like I don't know what is it, fifty days or something. So we, there was a kind of confidence that we could put this event on, have this kind of amazing in-person event um and but having said that we were able to use a lot of the things that we've been doing during COVID so we had six of our you know our our, um, filmmakers are from across the country and we can't afford to fly them all in we had them all up on the big screen and had such a fun robust discussion and um I think you know what I always try to bring to these events is a sense of frankness and honesty because you know you often go to industry events and you know, people are, you know, putting on their airs and graces and, you know, wanting to present themselves in the best light. But at the same time, what that does is there's a whole lot of secrets they keep around the, look, you can't say everything about what's happening in in a project, but um, I feel like that that's a little bit of gatekeeping that happens in our industry where people don't really say, oh, this was actually really challenging. And 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 I guess there's an authenticity, authenticity that's often missing. And and this, I, f- I feel like this event um, just kind of smashed it open a bit. It's, it's, there's a lot of laughs. <laughs> mm, mm. Yeah, it was re- it was great. I had to listen to it last night, and I found it really informative. And I really enjoyed just hearing about the journey of each individual filmmaker and how exciting it was for them to be part of this anthology. And so I go, I suggest that our audience listening today goes out, watches the film. Uh, on SBS On Demand and listens to this amazing um, talk that you guys, and sorry, who was the uh, moderator? She was wonderful, Rosie. Yeah, Rosie Lord. So Rosie Mm. also um, I got to know very well through WIFT. So she came on board um, when I was the WIFT New South Wales president as the co-vice president. Um, And she's also a vixen. Um, She's an amazing independent filmmaker and actress. And just we've also, so talking about talent escalating. So, you know, with short films, you know, that's where you build a lot of your relationships um, and you can test your ideas. And um, it's a, it's a place that if, if things fail, there's less risk. So you're more likely to take those risks and therefore have potential creative like wins, I guess. Um, And so, you know, building those relationships through your career is really important. And again, in the talk, we talk a lot about community, but long story short, so Rosie and I, we work together through a lot of WIFT stuff and, um, uh, and then obviously with Enzo coming on board as EP and we work together very closely on this film because he did all of the posts. He had a project, Enzo and Rosie were already in, um, you know, uh, 
uh, about to start on a new um, project called Dead House Dark that Enzo um, uh, was the creator of and one of their writer-directors fell through. So he called me up because we'd just worked together on Dark Whispers and said, hey, <laughs> we're shooting in two weeks. We don't have a script. Do you want to come and write and direct? And I was like, yes. So I am then part of kind of that project mm. that also has Rosie. So I thought she'd be an amazing moderator. She understands advocacy. She understands, you know, production and she understands genre. So she was great. Yeah. And what a, a beautiful synergy and example of how short filmmaking really is the place where you do, as you said earlier, you form these relationships and you build these bonds because you go into the fire and you come out and then you go, yep, you're my kind, you're my people, I trust you. And then off the basis of that, you can call anybody up at the drop of a hat and say, I need you. And you can be like, yes, I'm in. Absolutely. And th those were shorts too. So uh, it's a series. So like this is, I guess, the other thing as well, because, you know, shorts back in the day, that was the thing you did. You made a short and now you can make a web series. You can make, um, you can still make the standalone short. You can package them up in different ways. And so um, it's interesting because Dark Whispers is like a compedium in one long form of the shorts. Um, but then Dead House Dark, which comes out on Shutter at the end of April for those who are interested, that's actually six self-contained episodes so it's presented as an anthology series and so it's it's interesting to look at the different places that they may end up because of the format so it is kind of looking at that idea of you know as a short film there's a few um, places that you can go to like Ulta which is you know a short horror kind of I guess you would call them a curation service in a way. They're a streamer, a curation that specialise in, in horror short films. So if you've got just the standalone one, it's like kind of looking at places like that. If you've got something a bit bigger, then maybe it is Shudder where, you know, I mean, Shudder does long form too, but uh, single long, long form, but Shudder were particularly interested in that format for them. And then we're now on SBS. So being strategic about, you know, that that short content that you make, you know, whether you call it a short film or you call it a web series, really, you can mould them into a few different platforms and, and be strategic about that approach. Yeah, and it's really exciting to have people like you and Enzo creating these these kinds of projects where short form is celebrated and highly sought after. So I think it gives all our audience, well, renewed hope that what you're making doesn't simply have a one-year shelf life and then that's that. It's um, it's busting it open and, and, and it's exciting. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, jump online and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or any other podcast platform of your choice. Share with a friend and write us a review because we can't keep doing this without you. And until next time, filmmakers, keep creating. Keep creating.